So, <clears throat> but we're getting ready to go into the word of the Lord. And I want to tell you today, this, this service, although it's being recorded live and viewed live right now, this service and what I'm going to preach about will touch thousands of homes and lives. We have people who are, will watch it later. Last Sunday, we were almost a thousand views of last Sunday's service, not counting what's on the webcast or website, people who go there, not counting the podcast. If you are needing some word, go to the podcast. Amen. Go to the podcast if you're needing some word. That's what we've set it up for, so you can have uh, some word through the week. First message, Roger Zimmerman Sr., I think I've heard of him, is watching. That's my big brother. Hello, Brother Roger. Good to have you today. So, uh, we want to uh, continue to walk in the power of the Lord. And I've been scouring the internet, I've been reading the scriptures. I've been searching the scriptures, uh, and I've been listening to the, what the Lord's been telling this one and been telling that one, and so I just want to talk to you today. I, I was up till almost 3 o'clock this morning finally putting all this together. I worked on it most of the day yesterday and last evening. The Lord started dealing with me on Friday about what I was going to talk about today, and so I want to uh, share with you what the Lord has given me. Now, I, I just don't want, uh, please, if you're not a member of Family Worship Center, please don't think, man, that pastor's angry. No, I'm not angry. But I feel like that I have a word for this church as pastor, and I want to share it with you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I can hear the amens resounding all through the hillside and the landscapes, off the hills and the hollers of West Virginia. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to go to the word of the Lord today. We're going to go and I'm going to talk about this subject. I'm going to talk about climate change. Climate change. Amen. I'm going to talk about climate change today. We hear a lot about climate change. We've realized that climate change in the political landscape has caused all kinds of problems. Climate change has caused this pandemic that we're in right now. Climate change has caused this problem and that problem, everybody blames climate change. But I want to talk about climate change in a different aspect today. I want to talk about the climate of the church. So what does climate mean? All right, what does climate mean? What are we talking about? There's several different definitions for climate. The first one, it's a noun, number one. It's the composite or generally prevailing weather conditions of a region as temperature, air pressure, humidity, precipitation, sunshine, cloudiness, and winds throughout the year averaged over a series of years. So that's one definition of climate. All right, there's another definition. A region or area characterized by a different climate as to, to move to a warm climate. I, I would definitely uh, be in favor of moving to a warm climate. I prefer uh, to go to sleep with my windows open and the trade wind blowing through and hearing as the waves hit the shore. 
So that is the other one. But this is the one we want to talk about today. The prevailing attitude, the standards, the environmental conditions of a group, a period, or a place, a climate of political unrest. I want to talk about our attitude today. I want to talk about our standard today. I want to talk about our surrounding conditions, the environmental conditions, the surrounding conditions of the church. I want to talk about the church today. I want to talk about several things. Let's go on here. God is bringing a reset to this world. God is bringing a reset to the world. A month ago, yesterday, they had Super Tuesday, where there were primaries in four or five states and the political process uh, on the Democratic side and on the Republican side for the presidential election coming up in November was just rolling along, steaming along, and everybody was fighting with everybody and saying this about everything, and Joe Biden was forgetting about lots of things and everything, but we would have never thought that 30 days from now we would be in church services where there would be no people. We never dreamed that on Easter, maybe we had that perfect outfit picked up and a picked out and everything and that nice suit we're going to buy a new suit or whatever and we're going to show that off and stride through then in uh in on easter sunday in our new suit or our new dress but easter's coming next week and ain't going to be nobody here who would have thought this god is bringing a reset to this world let's go on psalm 24 1 the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell in therein that's the king james the new living translation says the earth is the lord's and everything in it the world and all its people belong to him we have to realize that we are not our own we are part of this world and this world is really owned by the lord Yes, it's been managed and ransacked by the enemy, by the devil for thousands of years, about 6,000 years. It's been ransacked by the enemy. But God is about to reset everything, and God is getting ready to move some things around. Okay. There is a global awakening that is coming. There are rains of cleansing that are coming. There are winds of change that is coming. There is a divine reset that is coming. It is a divine reset not only on the world but also on the church. It is a divine reset on our lives as well. I pray to the Lord Jesus Christ that when we finally walk in here together again as the body of Christ in this region, Family Worship Center, I pray that we have a hunger for the things of God. I pray that we have a worship on our lips and in our heart. I pray that we're going to have some priorities rearranged in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I want this global awakening to come. I, I sent out a, a text last night to everybody that I said, God's getting ready to do some things, and I'm excited. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Now, I know that, it, first of all, it came as a phone call because my phone app was down, so I had to do the text off the computer, and I didn't pick text to, and so everybody got this phone call from this strange voice. Then I figured it out and sent it again. I'm telling you that I am excited about what God is going to do. I think, Amy, that we may eventually get to pastor the church that I've always dreamed about. 
a church that's on fire, a church that's red hot, a church that's ready to serve, a church that's ready to move, a church that's ready to flow when God gets ready to move and flow. Amen? So, Lord, send the winds of change. Send that divine reset in the name of Jesus. Next one. The reset includes the world and its citizenry. It includes us as individual believers, and it includes the church corporately. We're going to look at those three areas today. All right. The world and its citizenry. Yes. There's a young man right there. Some of you may know who that is. Some of you will probably not know who that is. That is a minister who is already passed on. His name is David Wilkerson. He founded Times Square Church in New York City. In the 1960s, as a young evangelist, he went to New York and he began to minister into the gangs, and he found a gang member by the name of Nicky Cruz. Some of you have heard of the cross and the switchblade. Well, this is David Wilkerson. This is the founding pastor. Not only is he, was he a pastor, he's passed on now, but God gave him a word. God gave him a word about this day that we live in. In 1986, he received a prophetic word for America, and here's what it was. He said, I see a plague coming on the world. And the bars, churches, and governments, government will shut down. This was 1986. This was 34 years ago. He said, the bars and the churches and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking for some radical believers who are about to lay down prayerlessness and about to pick up the, the mantle of intercession. I'm, I'm expecting and hoping for a church that's going to wake up in this end time. You see, God did not call us back in Paul's day, but God called us for this day. God put us here for this time, church. God put us right here for this time. We are coming down to the end of time. This is Super Bowl time. And the repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. I did not read this before a Wednesday night or two ago when I preached and taught about we're going to have to repent. The first thing we're going to have to do is repent. We got to repent and then we have to touch our neighbors. We have to repent and then we have to talk to our friends. We have to repent and get ourselves ready. That this is what he said. There will be, and out of it will come a third great awakening that will sweep America and around the world. That's what we're looking for. 34 years ago, God gave this man this vision, and we're living in it right now. Next one, please. The New York, the total of cases of the coronavirus right now, there's 113,704 coronavirus cases in New York. Over half, um, almost half of the whole U.S. numbers is in New York. There's been 3,565 deaths. What's going on? It's happening in New York like the prophet said, like God said it would happen. You see, we're coming down to the end where God is done playing games. We're coming down to the end where God is done messing around with us because it's coming down to the last hour, and so we better get our business straight with God. Next one, please. Matthew 24, 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ. 
and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. He said, don't be afraid. For these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. All of this is going to have to come to pass. Where nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. But this is, this is what he said in the New Living. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Are you seeing what's going on here? God is getting ready to birth a last day move of his spirit on the earth. God is getting ready to birth something on the earth and in the church. And let me tell you something, family worship center. The situation that we found ourselves in before this thing came along, we would not be able to be a participant in the end time birthing of this move of God because we are tired and we're wore down. Yes, and we're weary, and yes, we're trying, but some of us, we just are not engaged. Some of us are not here full time. Some of us are just kind of hitting the surfaces a little bit, but all that's fixing to change because God's getting ready to do a work. Amen. Oh, let's give the Lord a praise right now. Can you do it? Somebody give the Lord a praise. Next one, please. i got to keep on rolling. There's a lot of them. 2 Peter 3.10, But the day of the Lord will come as unexpected as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? The word holy means separate. We have to be separate from the world. We have to be separated under God. And I'm not just talking about how you dress. I'm talking about your attitude. I'm talking about your lifestyle. I'm talking about your talk. I'm talking about your language. I'm talking about your walk. I'm talking about everything about you. Are you separated to the Lord? He said, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. He said, I'm hurrying this thing along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. Oh, pastor, I'm so scared. Oh, what's going to happen? You might as well get scared because it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. You better, I'm telling you, I have come with, with words of encouragement for the last couple weeks, but I'm telling you, the Bible says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And brothers and sisters, we better get our house in order. We better get our lives in order. We better get our families in order. We better get ready to see a move of God. Either we're going to be in the move of God or we're not going to be in the move of God. Either you're in or you're out. There's no straddling the fence. There's no halfway. God is putting together an end time move and an awakening and I want to be part of it. Hallelujah. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself 
will be with them. That's where we're headed. That's what we're moving to. You see, we're loving this world too much. We like this world too much. We, we, we're so tangled up in this world that we really forget about the world that we're headed to. We really forget about the world that we're aiming for. We, this, this life is just a dress rehearsal. This life is just a practice run to get ready for eternity. You see, one day you're born, you live, and you die. We're all going to die. You might as well get ready for it, get ready, get ready, get ready. All of us are going to die. All of us are going to close our eyes in death one day, but we're going to wake up in eternity. So you better decide now, brothers and sisters, are you going to wake up in eternity in heaven or are you going to wake up in judgment in hell? Oh, my God, the pastor said hell. Oh, my God, he's preaching about hell. I don't think that exists anymore, pastor. Well, you just think about whatever you want to do because the word of God says that there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and that hell has torments. I would much rather believe the Bible than some uh, modern uh, theologian that doesn't believe in a literal hell, that doesn't believe in a virgin birth that doesn't believe that Jesus did all the miracles that he did. Oh, come on, Family Worship Center. Are you a Bible church? Are you a Bible people? Are you somebody that's hungry for the things of God? Or are you just going to get lulled to sleep by this last day move of the enemy in the earth? I'm telling you, God is sending a reset. Well, hallelujah. Like I said, please, I'm talking to the Family Worship Center right now. So if you're a guest online, say, oh, my God, that pastor's angry. I have indignation, holy indignation, because I, we birthed this church. These are our children, and they're not living up to the potential that they could. It would be, dere it would be derelict in my duties if I did not warn this church that the Lord is trying to do a reset in all of our lives. He's trying to do climate change. He's trying to change our attitudes. He's trying to change our priorities. Come on, we got to keep on going. I'm talking about climate change. The next one, us as believers. Us as believers. Oh, wow. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, 3, and 4. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Ephesus church, you've left your first love. The New Living says it like this, or the Ampa, I can't remember which one. Next one, please. New Living. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you first did. You don't love me as you did at first. You don't love each other as you did at first. Oh, we find ourselves in pits and ditches of sin. We get addicted to this thing and that thing, trying to fill our lives and the emptiness inside where only Jesus can satisfy your soul. But the enemy has put all kind of counterfeits in our way. He's put food in our way. Gluttony is a sin. He's put addictions in our lives, drugs and alcohol, pornography, all kinds of addictions in our lives to try to fill that inner, inner space there. All kinds of things to try to fill the God space in our lives. We find ourselves and found ourselves walking in finally to a church that believed in the power of the Holy Ghost. 
You find yourself walking into a church that finally believed that the Spirit of God wants to dwell in people's lives literally. Some of you have caught, caught persecution from your friends, your co-workers, when they say, oh, where are, you, where are you going to church? I'm going to Family Worship Center. Oh, I wouldn't go to that church. Those people are crazy. That pastor's nuts. They believe in the Holy Ghost. They believe in that speaking in tongues business. Well, it's in the Bible. But let me tell you what's going on. When you were lost in sin and you walked in here and you found repentance and water baptism that washed your sins away and God filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you didn't walk like you walked anymore. You didn't talk anymore like you used to talk. You didn't live anymore like you'd lived before. You didn't beat your wife like you used to beat her. You didn't want to talk about divorce anymore. And your kids were starting to talk about Holy Ghost and baptizing each other in the swimming pools and the bathtubs. And your life was starting to turn around. But the only problem is now we've gotten used to the blessings. We've gotten used to the blessings. And we're so drunk and inebriated on the blessings in this good lifestyle that we forgot what it's like to be set lost. We forgot what it's like to be undone. We forgot what it's like to be miserable. And then we get comfortable. And we begin enjoying all these blessings. And then we get busy. And oh, I'm too busy to come to prayer. And oh, I'm too busy to help do this at the church. And oh, I'm too busy for this and that. And guess what? The devil is rocking us to sleep. He's rocking us to sleep with busyness. He's rocking us to sleep with the cares of this life brothers and sisters as believers we must seek after God in true holiness I'm talking about true separation I'm talking about looking different than the world looks I'm talking about being different than the world is I'm talking about all kinds of stuff when I was putting this together last night the Lord started, like I said, started talking to me on Friday. And, and he started dropping things in my mind. And I'm trying to think and figure out what in the name of God are you doing here, Lord? What are you talking about? And he says, I want them to seek after true holiness. I want them to be separated unto me. You see, God did not give the order that anybody could just walk into the holy place or the holies of holies. There was a Levitical priesthood that was established, established after the order of Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest, and all the Levites that followed were in part of that priesthood, but they had to meet certain requirements. They had to do certain things that the ordinary folks didn't have to do. They had to do certain requirements that the other people weren't required to do. God is requiring of us, Family Worship Center, in 2020, during this worldwide divine reset he's asking you are you willing to go back to the basics are you willing to go back to what I've called you to do and called you to be are you willing to go back to that first love that you had when I first gave you my spirit when I first forgave you of your sins when I first washed away all those sins are you ready to go back to that oh I pray somebody's willing to seek him in true holiness and then we continually come into full repentance we have to keep repenting. You don't just repent once and it's done. Repentance is a daily thing. Paul said, I die daily. Apparently, he had things in his life that kept trying to creep up on a daily basis. Probably had some times when those things he would creep up and he'd assassinate them. There were other times that maybe 
He couldn't get him assassinated, so he had to ask for forgiveness. We had to keep asking for repentance. Next one, please. I got lots of slides. We're going to be here till supper. Well, I mean, you don't have to stay. You have the option to turn me off. I hope you don't. I pray God just zaps you. You go to hit that remote and turn me off. I just pray God zaps you. Hallelujah. Told you I was angry. No, I'm not really angry. First Peter 1, New Living Translation. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't, well, look at this. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy, separated in everything you do, just as God would choose you to be holy. Or God who chose you to be holy. God has chosen us to be holy. God put his spirit in us. He wants us to live this way. He wants us to live sold out to him. He didn't, like I said earlier, he did not let you live 55 years ago in, in a church then. He didn't let me pastor 55 years ago like I've always wanted to. I wanted to pastor 50 years ago because all you had to do was say, don't wear that, and they wouldn't wear it. You know, years ago, they wouldn't let people wear, ladies wear red in a choir. I'm, t I'm not talking about churches running 12. I'm talking about churches running thousands. I'm talking about an old pastor down in Houston, Texas, by the name of CLDs. Some of you know my new brother Dees. You don't wear red in a choir because that's the color of adultery, of a harlot, and you're drawing attention to yourself. Well, you know what? Today they say, man, you don't have no scripture and verse for that. They're the same ones that cry every time they lose an election. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't have scripture and verse for that. But all he had to do was say it, and he was the pastor, and they believed that he was trying to lead them to the things of God, and they would do it. But God didn't call us to live in that hour. We're all here. All of those folks are dead. We're all here because we're moving into the last game of the whole, whole season. We're moving into the final thrust, the final push of the Spirit of God on the earth. We're moving in, and we're seeing Israel. Amen. We're seeing Israel begin to rise up on the world scene, and God is going to take care of Israel in this last day. You hear what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. Either you're going to get on the Jesus train, or you're not going to get on the Jesus train. The Jesus train is not going to slow down to let you get on. He is not going to slow this thing down. You think it's bad now? What are you going to do when you can't buy gasoline because your car just declined because you don't have the mark? What are you going to do when you can't buy toilet paper? Everybody's flipping out about toilet paper. Toilet paper. I saw a deal that said this old guy was sitting around talking to these kids, and he said, you know, when I was a kid, we had so much toilet paper, we used to put it in trees. Now you can't even hardly find it. People on the Internet selling toilet paper at 40 bucks a package. Oh, my. What are we talking about? I'm talking about getting on the Jesus train. I'm talking about are you in or are you out? It's time to realign. For the Scriptures say... You must be holy because I am holy. We have to be holy. We have to realign some things in our lives. Let's go on, please. Don't let me get stuck here. We have to pray daily. If my people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then 
will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. If my people, then I will. If my people, then I will. Well, guess what? There's going to be a people that's going to do this. There's going to be a people that's going to do this. There's going to be a people that's going to do this thing. And God's going to use those people who want to do it. And the people who are too busy with the world, the people that are too busy playing with the blessings that God has given them, they're going to be left behind. And the train, the Jesus train, is going to move on out of the station and we're going to move into what God is calling this last day move of his spirit, this harvest that is coming. I believe God is trying to get us ready for that harvest that is coming. Hallelujah. Next one, please. We must pray daily. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm talking about declaring 2 Chronicles seven fourteen every day. I'm talking about declaring it. Fill the atmosphere of your life with it. Fill the atmosphere in your life with Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In Him will I trust. Yes. Surely he will, shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall he thou thrust. Trust that his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt not be afraid. Come on, somebody. This is the word. I live by the word. we got to live by the word. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Yes, for nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. Hello, the Lord is our refuge. Even the Most High, thy habitation, he's my dwelling place. He's my habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague, now, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their, their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt, well, Pastor, well, I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. Pastor, what about all those have, that, that are believers and have got this virus and some of them have died? I'm using this out of context because this is talking about the Lord, but you can also say this. It is appointed unto man once to die. If I don't die of the virus, I could die of a car accident. If I don't die of the virus, I could die of a stroke. Hello? Hello, we're just in feeble mortal bodies that are going to die sometime. And if I die, I'm with him in his presence. If I live, it's gain. But if I die, I'm with him. Come on now. Come on now. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. I got angels. Brothers and sisters, you got angels walking with you. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall not trample, shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set me upon his love, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He knows your name. He knows when you get up. He knows when you lay down. He knows what you're thinking before you even think it. He knows what you're going to say before you even say it. God knows you. 
He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. God's going to be with us in trouble. God's going to deliver us. God's going to honor us. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You need to declare that every day, brothers and sisters, in your daily walk. Hallelujah. Next one, please. We must focus our vision back on God, away from the things of the world and away from man. We must refocus what we're doing because God is doing a reset. Refocus in the reset. Refocus in the reset because there's rains of cleansing and winds of change that are coming. Next one. Here, from here on out, we must run after God and not look back. Oh, as a pastor of this assembly, I pray that when we come together that very first time, I pray that we are so hungry to worship him. I pray that we are so ready to worship that, you know what, it's like the Philippines. I've been in the Philippines where they have to tell them, be quiet, sit down, be quiet, sit down. I pray the rafters shake in this place. Oh, to God, the fire of the Holy Ghost would begin to flame off the roof of this place because of a divine visitation of the power of God. Oh, God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. The days of playing games with God and playing church, they're coming to an end. It's coming to an end. Now, I, I try to be very nice as a pastor. I do. I try to be Long suffering. I try to be patient. I try to be forbearing. I try to, and of course I told you yesterday, I'm the meanest guy in the West. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice to you. But when you run out of time, when the clock runs out, and the game is over, you're not dealing with Pastor Tracy. You're not dealing with Pastor Tracy. You're dealing with God. And I'm telling you, he is as gentle as a lamb. He is as gentle as a dove. But there's a scripture that says, but God is a consuming fire. And God will one day turn, turn from grace to judgment. And brothers and sisters of Family Worship Center, I'm telling you right now, you better stop playing games and you better get your business straight with God. The selfishness is going to be turning into serving. Well, I can't come to the church and help clean because i got to bake cookies for the soccer team. Well, you can bake. I, I watched my mom bake at 2 and 3 in the morning. I watched uh, all kinds of, I see the, the examples I had in my life have ruined me. I've just seen too many people go the extra mile. I've seen too many people just go the do extra mile and not worry about this and that. And, well, pastor, I got to take Johnny over here to, to baseball practice. And I got to take him then to tumbling. I got to take him over to football practice. When Johnny, he's six feet, five inches tall and he weighs 100 pounds, he ain't going too far on the gridiron. I'm telling you, he ain't going too far on the gridiron. This attitude of me, myself, and I is going to begin to 
go, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This prayerlessness that we've been dealing with, hallelujah, when we have a prayer meeting at church and we feel good when we got 15 or 20 that show up, when there ought to be 40 or 50 or 60 show up. I'm telling you this, parents, your kids are going to imitate what you show them. If you stay at home on a church night, it's going to tell them when they grow up, church is not important in a church night. Hallelujah. If you don't go to church prayer meeting, you're going to tell them, you know what? It's not important in my life. I told you I was on fire today. I told you I was on fire today. You better get ready, get ready, get ready because there's a shaking in the land that's coming and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. No time to read the word. Ain't got time to read the word. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this with all the love I can. I'm from the East Coast, so here it goes. I see all this stuff on social media, Facebook. Everybody's bored out of their gourd. They're playing all kinds of games. Can you figure out the math equation? People are setting up teams. Of, I don't know what they're setting up teams for. Might be a good time to catch up on your Bible reading. Might be a good time to get a, one of your friends online on Zoom and teach them a Bible study. Whoa, hey, 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 whoa, my God, you mean I'm telling you that it's time to put your toys down. It's time to put the cell phone down and pick up the word and start reading the word. Then you might not be half plumb scared out of your mind when you can't go to the store because the government says you better stay in. You better do this. You better do that. You, I'm telling you, you better get the word in you And you, because David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm too busy. No time for church. Too busy. I sent out a text on Friday to all the church folks. I said, while the building is shut down, we might as well do some repairs on it. As of 3 o'clock this morning, I had zero replies. Let's just, let's just meditate on that for a minute. All I want to done was, there's a couple toilets, all the toilets, we're going to check and make sure they're not leaking, filling up the septic system with extra water. No one replied. Because we're too busy. I don't know if you're scared of the corona. I don't know if you don't want to go to the hardware store and buy the stuff and go out. Now I'm putting out a shout to Brother Art. Art's 83 years old. And Art came up here the other day for the birthday list and for stamps. I offered to drive him down to him. He said, no, Pastor, I'm coming. But if we are that scared to get out, to go get stuff for the house of the Lord. Well, pastor, what are you doing doing this thing? I've been busier and been more out and about during this thing than I, than I was before. Why? Because I'm, I'm, in, I'm trying to hide the word in my heart. I'm trying to get things done for the kingdom. 
Oh, family worship center. I, if you don't know how to fix toilets, that's fine. But if you know how to fix it, see, I don't know how to fix toilets. Ask Amy. We had one that broke one time, and by the time that afternoon was done, I had busted the tank and, and cut three of my fingers almost off. Is it truth? Truth. Truth. I had blood running down the tank. I had blood all over the bathroom floor. Amen. I was just trying to fix the handle. Praise God. That's why I sent the text out because I'm not qualified. But I'll go to the store so you don't have to. I'll buy the stuff because you're not going to anyway. The church is going to. Or what are we too busy to do? We ought to have a whole line of people saying, I want to clean the church this week. I want to help landscape. I want to help weed. I want to help do this. I want to help do that. But no, we are too busy. But God is saying there's going to be a reset. And Matthew 6.33 is coming. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I say, and all these things shall be added unto you. You want to know why you don't have anything added to you? Because you're seeking the wrong thing first. Next one. Wow. Praise God. You've wanted to give up. You wanted to throw in the towel. You say, I can't go on. I just can't do this. God didn't call you to lose and quit. God calls you to win. God didn't call you to give up and sit down. God called you to fight. God didn't say to just come in for a little while, feel good, get your sins washed away, get my spirit in you, and then walk out the door and do nothing. No, this is not really a church. This is a foxhole. No, you're not really just people. You're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Your Bible is not just a book. It is a weapon. It is a sword. Your mouth is not something to spread gossip with. Your mouth is to declare the word of the Lord and the will of the Lord in the heavens and the atmosphere. You cannot give up. You cannot stop. You've got to keep on going on next one please but with this change God is going to expedite those prophecies those dreams those visions that have seemed to have been held up all these years this is what all kinds of prophets all over the world are saying they're all saying the same thing that God is going to bring back and restore to the church and God is going to restore to the people and God is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings next one please 2010 vision is coming 2010 is better than 2020. I didn't realize that until this week. 2010 vision is better than 2020. Uh-huh. God's bringing 2010 vision to the church. Those blind spots in your destinies are going to come into view and into perspective. Your faith is going to come alive. The gifts of the Spirit are going to begin to operate in this church. I'm not just talking about tongues and interpretation. I'm talking about healing. I'm looking for the people to roll out. I preached this years ago, and I still believe it. I'm believing that when people drive on this parking lot and into this property, as soon as their tires hit this property, I believe the power of God's going to flow in those cars, and people are going to get out of their cars on the parking lot and fall over speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm looking for a last-day move of God that is going to be unprecedented. The Bible says he gave the glory of the former house moderately, and he gave the latter rain, former rain moderately, but he said the latter rain is going to be better. He said the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. We are the latter house. We are the latter house. We are the ones looking for the glory. Let's go on. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. That's the word, isn't it? 
He'll give you the secret petitions of your heart. Some of you have been asking things of the Lord that nobody else knows about. God wants to give them to you. But you didn't know it said that because you don't read the word. Because you're too busy. Next one, please. We're going to have to have climate change in our lives. Climate change is going to have to happen in our lives. You know, you may not be a member of this church, but you may be a member of another church that's not meeting and satisfying your needs. I'm telling you, God's getting ready to shake the religious world too. God's getting ready to shake the church world too. So you better get ready because I'm telling you, there's going to be some things that are going to change in the church landscape as well. All right, let's go on. This is my last thing. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to be done yelling at you. I'm going to be done screaming at you. Matt and Missy Jones saying preach. I'm trying to. Amen. AZ says, should I read that? AZ, that, is that you? Oh, you're AZ. You am. AZ says, it's not anger, Pastor, but stirred in your spirit to get us ready in our hearts for the end time and revival so we can walk in our destiny and in the purpose God has called for us. Marty says, old time preaching today. Yeah, hallelujah. Old time preaching from an old dog. Hallelujah. I'm talking to the church now. This is going to hurt some of your feelings. But if you survive the last section, you should be able to survive this. I'm talking about the corporate church. Next one. The church started out like Samson. The church started out like Samson. Strong. Powerful at first. Through the years, the vows and commitments have been broken. Look at this statement here. The devil knows he cannot destroy or stop the church. I want you to write that down on your forehead in Sharpie, permanent. The devil knows that he cannot stop or destroy the church. So through the years, he simply watered it down with busyness and worldliness. I get so sick of people having stickers on their car. Honk if you love Jesus. Got a sticker on your car that says salt life. I had to ask what that was. Well, I thought it was a surf shop. They said, no, that's a Christian, salt life. You're living the salt life. I get tired of seeing people who have crosses hanging down around their mirrors in their cars. I get tired of seeing people that have stickers on their car with all the local radio station, WBGL, blah, 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 blah. Why do you get tired of that, Pastor? The thing I get tired of is this. They got the cross hanging around their mirror. They got the bumper sticker on their car, and they're swapping husbands and wives. Probably didn't hear that. I'm going to ask a question that I ask when there's a lot of people here. Clark, is this thing turned on? I believe it is because it's part in my hair. We have crosses on our car mirrors. We got stickers on our bumpers that say we love Jesus. But yet we're sleeping with another man's wife. And we come to church and it's okay. Because you're a good, good father. We come to church and it's okay because 
You don't hear preaching like this in a lot of churches where you go and live. The devil's got you afraid of going to churches like this. Oh, they shout and they yell. They might clap their hands. They might dance. They might worship God. And you are holy and can't do that. But the Bible says that people like that are whited walled sepulchers full of dead men's bones. We're pretty on the outside. But on the inside, we've never dealt with the junk. You see, when you're sick and you need surgery, when you're sick and you need surgery, you go to the hospital and they don't look at you and say, oh, you got, you got Dior clothes on. You got a Louis, Louis Vuitton, is that his name? Purse on, purse. You got juicy fruit glasses. Sunglasses. What says one's the, the DGs? I don't know what they're called either. But the doctor says you can't be sick. You're looking good on the outside. The problem is not on the outside. The problem is on the inside. And the outside is going to show what's on the inside. And you may be full of cancer inside and you look all good on the outside and the doctor just sends you away because you look just fine. That's what happens in dead churches all across the world and all across America. That's what happens. People walk in full of cancer of sin. They walk in full of all these diseases in the, of their spirit and they try to get something done and there's no power there to do it. There's no way they can take care of it. Brother, when you walk in a hospital and you need surgery, you're getting those clothes off you're going on the table we're knocking you out and we're going to cut you open and we're going to take out whatever needs to be taken out oh God give us a church in this last hour that will be willing to say get in here and you need to have surgery we need to cut away the dead parts of your heart we need to put you down in the water in that lovely name the only name under heaven given among men and God said he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost Oh, if this was a crowd full of people here today, half of you'd clap and worship, and the other half would roll your eyes and say, is it lunchtime yet? We have become worldly, just like the devil has planned. We have become full of sin. We have let down on our commitments. Can't commit to coming to prayer twice a week. Are you kidding me? Twice a month. Can't commit to fasting. Can't commit to the word. Can't even hardly get your hide to church. Amen. Ginger's old time preaching. Catherine says preach, pastor. Chris says amen. Marty says well preach. Marty, I'm trying to. Jesus knows. I'm tired, old dog. We find ourselves, we love the things of the world more than we love the things of God. Revelation chapter 3. Let's go there. New Living Translation. Write the, this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, but I'm rich. I have everything I want. 
I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you're really wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. We can't give to the kingdom because we've spent ourselves crazy into debt. We have this payment and that payment, that payment and this payment, that payment, this payment. This comes in, that goes out. More goes out than comes in. Can't give to the kingdom. Can't give to missions. Can't give to the building fund. Can't give. You're seeing what I'm saying. It's, it's just small stuff. Jesus said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things. It's not just one big thing. It's little things. It's little things that have crept into the church. Next one, please. Yeah. There's a shaking that is coming, and it's only just begun. It's only just begun. Today, the shaking that is coming. There's a shaking, brothers and sisters, in the land. If you got friends, family, and neighbors that they're scared to death now, you wait till it gets heavy. You wait till it gets real bad. You wait till the Antichrist says you either take the mark or we're cutting your head off. You wait till they hold your children, put your children in that guillotine first and say if you don't take the mark, we're taking the kid's head off. What are you going to do, hotshot? The Bible says if you can't run with the footman now, how are you going to keep up with the horses later? I'm giving you a warning, Family Worship Center. I'm giving you a warning out there on the Internet all over the world. We better get our business straight with God because it's going to get heavier. It's going to get harder. It's going to get hotter. But God is going to raise up a strong church. God is going to raise up a powerful church. God is going to do something with us that are willing to go with him. Habakkuk chapter 3, New Living Translation. I see God moving across the deserts of Edom, from Eden. From Edom, the Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens, and the earth is filled with His praise. His coming is as bright as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from His hands, where His awesome power is hidden. Now watch what Habakkuk continues to write here. Pestilence marches before him. Plagues follow close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills. He is the eternal one. Oh, brothers and sisters, there is a shaking that is coming in the land and everything that can be shaken, next one please, will be shaken. Everything is going to shake. Everything is going to turn upside down and the church better have some power and the church better have some glory and the church better have some authority because I'm telling you, the Jesus train, the J train is getting ready to pull out of the station. And he's not waiting for anybody. You've had this whole time to repent. You better get your business straight with God. Oh, the church corporately worldwide is about to awake. FWC, the time has come for us to awaken. We got to pull eye teeth to have people help at the food pantry. We got to pull eye teeth to have people help landscape. We got we to beg, borrow, and steal to have somebody come fix the toilet. Thank God for the two that texted me this morning from 3 o'clock till sometime when I woke up at 8-something. Amen. I think I, I'm sleeping less now during this quarantine than I ever did. 
I don't know what's going on in my life, but I'm hungry. I'm a man hungry. I'm a man hungry for a move of God. I'm ready for a move of God. I'm ready to see this place packed out with hungry people. I'm ready to see this place packed out with people wanting to live for God. Hallelujah. I want every drug addict. I want every crackhead. I want every prostitute. I want them all in here. I want the town drunk in here. Hallelujah. I want the mayor in here. I want whosoever will to be in here feeling the glory of God. But you just preach pastor that it's not in the church no you're coming in this is a charging station and you're going back out there and we're going to reach more and more and more and more and more and more and more surrounding communities are setting in darkness the region needs us this area needs us this is one area is full of teenage pregnancies about one of the highest per capita rates in the state the great state of Illinois this region has one of the highest pre-teenage pregnancies we're stuck on addictions. We got suicide issues. We have people getting divorced. We have a homosexual issue. We have the shedding of innocent blood. God's getting ready to turn some things upside down. Next one, it's time for us to become that city that's set on a hill. It's time to be salt and light. It's time to really get a hold. It's time to really get a hold of what that sticker's saying and start being there. Hallelujah. Start being there. Next one, please. Somewhere, some way, somehow, someday, at some point, we're going to have to return back to the power and the ability, the authority of the Book of Acts church. The days of seeker-friendly, casual church, it is coming to an end. It is coming to an end. My, it's coming to an end. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. See, we've been, we've been rocked to sleep in America with affluency and materialism and money. That's why it's hard to see the gospel move and see miracles in the American church, the North American church. I was in Africa and prayed for a boy. We prayed for a boy that had a broken arm. The bone was sticking up under his skin. And we just simply prayed a prayer in the name of Jesus. And with my own eyes, I saw that bone sink back down in that arm. And he was healed on the spot. I saw it with my own eyes. We don't see that here because the devil has us with busyness and a materialism and a stuff and things. We got so much stuff and things, we got to get a storage unit. Where people will love only themselves and their money. Hear it? They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Yes. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I'm not going to go to Family Worship Center because they're crazy over there. You know what? You might need what Family Worship Center has. Because we're talking about they act religious, but they reject the power. I'm not going to have that Holy Ghost in my life. I'm not going to have that speaking in tongues in my life. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You just do what you want to do because there's a day that is coming. There's a reckoning that is coming. And God has given you warning sign after warning sign right now. That shaking is starting to shake and the wind is starting to blow. And the rains of cleansing are beginning to pour. 
The King James says they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. He said from such turn away. Stay away from them. Hallelujah. Next one. This is where God downloaded it on me at 2 o'clock in the morning a couple nights ago. I don't even know what I was thinking about. I just kind of meditating and looking at some prophecies and some stuff. And this song came to my mind. It's called Good, Good Father. It's a nice song. It's catchy. It was written in 2015. This is a very popular song in our churches. So I copied the lyrics. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you li you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide. Because you know just what, I, what we need because we say a word. And it goes back to the chorus. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. Because you are perfect in all of your ways, you're perfect in all of your ways, you're perfect in all of your ways to us, you are. I do not know why the Lord put that song in there, in my head, my spirit. But he said, now look at this one, next one. An old song, thank God for the blood. Written in 1919. By the way, which camera am I on? Kyle in Pena. I hope you're watching, son. I told you I was going to give you a shout out. Here it is. You better text me and tell me you did it. You're here. All right, there we go. Thank God for the blood, written in 1919 by a pastor, a minister, who came out and it was a result of the Azusa Street outpouring in Los Angeles, California. Let's see what this one sounds like. In sin I wondered, sore and sad, with bleeding heart and aching head, till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take your sins away. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. I gave my heart, my life, my all to him who drank the cup of gall to raise the guilty from the fall and take their sins away. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. 
The water, the spirit, and the blood agree if we but understood in making sinners pure and good and take their sins away. How wonderful God's mighty plan, how grace the awful gulf did span when he took on the form of man to take our sins away. We cannot know, we may not tell how we are saved from death and hell. Through faith we know that all is well. He took our sins away. And we have praise bands and vocals and ministers. And we're singing songs. And we look out and nobody's worshiping. And we're frustrated because nobody's worshiping. The only problem is, do they have their sins washed away yet? Have they encountered, go, please go back to that slide. Have they encountered the water, the spirit, and the blood? in making sinners pure and good and take their sins away. In less than 100 years, the church world has been turned upside down. Now we sing songs. And listen, I like new songs. I'm not just some old codger that hates everything. I like change. You know that. In fact, I've taken you on the ride of your life. Ain't always been in good territory. But we've had the ride of our lives. Well, what I'm saying is, we're wondering why the church is weak. We're wondering why the church is anemic. Because that, la that old song had a revelation of the blood. That old song had a revelation of the cross. That old song had a revelation of, in sin I wondered, sore and sad, with bleeding heart and aching head, till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take your sins away. But that new song says, you know where I'm at and you're pleased. Where are you? You might be stuck in a pig pen full of sin and have dirt all over you, but it's saying you're pleased, you're happy with just the way I am because, oh, pastor, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings these days. You don't want to stress anybody out. Oh, my God, they may overeat. They may go get drunk. They may go get high. Or, God forbid, they may be 55 years old and coloring and coloring books. Paul said, when I was a child, I played as a child. I acted as a child. I did childish things. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things, and I became a man. It's time to become a man, Family Worship Center. It's time to stand up, Church of the Living God, and declare, in sin I wondered, sore and sad, with bleeding heart and aching head. Till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take your sins away. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. You don't hear a lot of blood preaching anymore. You don't hear a lot of cross preaching anymore. But I'm going to tell you, Paul said it's the cross that saves us. That's the only thing that's going to save this world is the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not never coming to that church. That's an old slaughterhouse religion church. Do what you want. The shaking's coming. Do what you want. You think you're scared now and it's shaking now? It's going to get better. It's going to get better. You better get ready, get ready, get ready because everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. Now get me off of this one. Please hurry. 
Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. I can use some music. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall dream visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is the church that we're trying to get back to. This is the church that we're trying to emulate and imitate. This is is the church that God is going to have in the last hour because he said the glory of the latter house is going to be greater, greater, greater than the former house. Uh-huh. Prophesy. Read on. Church, get harvest ready. Get harvest ready, church. You better get harvest ready. Hallelujah. You better get ready for a harvest. The church is not going down in defeat. The devil's not going to win in the end. Get ready for a harvest. Next one. How about this size of a harvest? How about a billion soul harvest in the world? How about a billion souls? How about one out of every seven and a half people in the world coming into the kingdom? How about that? God wants to do something extraordinary among us and the church is all afraid of the virus the church is all afraid of all of this stuff going on that old song was written in 1919 that was right after World War One that was during the Spanish influenza plague that was when hundreds of thousands of people died I'm telling you brothers and sisters God is in control and we need to get a hold of his heart heartbeat and we need to get a hold of his hand and say you know what Jesus I'm with you all the way to the end I'm not going down I'm not giving up hallelujah we're gonna go out, out and we're gonna go over hallelujah because if God, when God is, when we're down to nothing, God is up to something. Next one, please. A billion souls. The word says, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. What is fear? Let me give you an acronym for fear. It's false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the devil wants you to believe false evidence. The devil wants you to believe false evidence. False evidence appearing real. <laughs> Fear not! Fear not! Fear not. Next one. Do I have another one? This is what the devil needs to fear. The devil needs to fear this right here. Make sure you get that up on the screen, Brother Austin. You got it up there? This is what the devil needs to fear. Acts chapter 5, verse 11 through 15. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all in one accord on Solomon's porch. Yes. Next one. And the rest durst no man join himself to, the, to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were added more, and believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. Oh, Vandalia, 
Oh, Fayette County. Oh, Effingham Bond, Shelby County, Christian County, Marion County. Multitudes and multitudes of men and women were added to the church insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least a shadow of Peter passing by overshadows some of them. That's what the devil better fear is a church that's restored. It's a church that had in the midst of climate change. It's a church that's in the midst of some climate change. Fear that, devil. There you go. Let's read it. Next one, climate change. Oh, I've been very brutal today, Berkeley. I've been brutal. I've been brutally honest. This is what the Lord laid on my heart the last three days. It's time. Family Worship Center, it's time. You better not come back here and be dead. You better not come back here and be half, half here and half somewhere else. You better have to come here with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You better come here on fire. You better come here to bring a fire. You better bring something with you. You better get your praise on. I don't say that just to get something to text and type out, get your praise on, bring your praise. I mean bring it into the house of the Lord. But before you can come back in here, it's time for you to go find a neighbor and teach a Bible study. How am I going to teach a Bible study to a neighbor? There's a thing called Zoom. You can get on Zoom. i got all kinds of, of, uh, of uh, files and sheets in there that I can give you. And you can get on Zoom and you can put those sheets out and you can teach a Bible study. I'm telling you, it's time. It is time. It's time for climate change. Amen. You girls ready? Let's give it a shot. We're going to get to sing this old song. This old song ain't too old. It's only about 40 years old. The blood yeah. that Jesus shed for me.
lift a hand to the Lord. Jesus, let your blood wash me. Jesus, let your blood cleanse me. Jesus, wash out all that worldliness, all of that uncommitment, all of it out of me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Oh, God, I pray that you use this medium of online to touch hearts around the world with this message. But, Lord, most of all, to touch hearts in this church with this message. Oh, God, we've got to get our business straight with God. We got to get our business straight with you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Brother Danny Trout sent me a text. He sent it while I was preaching. He said, I had a dream that woke me up and troubled me at 4.30 a.m. Saturday morning. The dream was an earthquake in a coastal area. Everyone at the beach in swimsuits. It was joyous and happy. And suddenly, chaos and destruction. I'm going to tell you something. I preached taught a few weeks ago on getting back to dreams. God using us in dreams as part of the early church. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And it said, handmaidens and servants would prophesy. God would pour out his spirit on everybody. That's in Joel 2. Also in Acts 2. Listen to me. When I was came across the scripture last night, talked about this gospel, but the end shall not come. I believe it's in Matthew 24. He said, but the end shall not come until this gospel be preached in every nation. 30, 40 years ago, I couldn't figure out how that was going to happen. Now I know exactly how it's going to happen. It's going to happen internet. It's going to happen Zoom. It's going to happen Skype. 
going to happen. Facebook. Are you hearing me? The technology is here. We're living in the end time, my brothers and sisters. We're living in the end time. It's time for climate change. It's time to change your surroundings. It's time to change your attitude. It's time to change who you are. It's time to step up and be part of the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we'll be broadcasting again. We're also working on doing some teaching via Zoom. We've been working on that the last couple of days to get that perfected. We don't want to try to do it with everybody and without perfecting it. Amen. So we want to make sure that the car is running right before we take the road trip. Thank you for your response today. Thank you for tuning in. Share this with your neighbor. Share it with your friends. Share it all around the world. Until we meet again, God bless you in the name of Jesus. We love you. We're going to be here for a while. If you want to come and give, you can. Amen. In Jesus' name.